Good morning, church. Hallelujah. It's a privilege to serve the Lord on my birthday. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, greetings to those online and for those of you on site. Uh, we are just two weeks away from Christmas. And if you're joining us for the very first time today, a very, very warm welcome to you. All right, trust that many of us have been busy buying gifts for our upcoming gift exchange, fellowship, reunion with our friends, our family, and also our colleagues. Right? If you think about it, right, in this season of giving, do you remember what was the most precious gift you have ever received? Think about it for a moment. What is the most precious gift you have ever received? I remember when I was still schooling, I received a Walkman. All right? For those who have no idea what I'm talking about, you may refer to the photo on the screen right now. <laughs> That's a Walkman, all right? A Walkman is something we use to play cassette tape, okay? For music on the go, for, for those of us who still remember. For the Gen Z among us, in case we are Gen Z among us, before the Spotify, you have the what? MP3. Before the MP3, we have the CD. And before the CD, we have the cassettes. And back then, we have to record music uh, over the radio stations, yeah? All right, I love my gift very much. I listen to my Walkman every day and I bring it to school as well. Until one day, I discovered it was stolen. It was stolen. I was so upset. I was so angry for the entire week. So when I finally met my pastor that weekend, hallelujah, I complained to him. I poured out all my anguish. I poured out all my frustration, all my anger to him. Hoping that he will sayang sayang me, hoping that he will comfort me, right? But most of us do, right? When you complain to your pastor, you want them to, you know, comfort you and all. But to my surprise, instead of comforting me, what he said added to my agony. He said, perhaps the one who took it needed it more than you. What? He said, perhaps the one who took it needed it more than you. Well, I must say here that I do respect my pastor a lot, but at a young age, I wasn't impressed by that reply. All right. What do you mean by he needed it more than me? Does it justify him from stealing from me? Well, if Pastor Kelvin is here, he will say, it could be good, it could be bad. Don't know yet. For those who remember, right? Hallelujah. So looking back, there was wisdom in what my pastor said. But back then, it was really too much of a loss to me. So the title of today's message is The Agony. Alright, from Matthew 2, 13 to 23. And the big idea I want to share with all of you is gifts can be received and lost. Gifts can be received and lost. Okay, let's dive in straight to the Bible passage today. Reading first from Matthew 2, 13 to 15. Verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Verse 14, And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken 
by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. A very brief context here. The first line, when they had departed, refers to the wise men from the east who came looking for the king of the Jews after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. King Herod, as we have learned last week, was an evil, ruthless, and wicked ruler. So when he knew about the birth of the king of the Jews, he was troubled and insecure. He wanted to trick the wise man to locate Jesus so that he could kill him. But after the wise men found and worshipped Jesus, they went back by another way to avoid King Herod. I will know that, however, it is only a matter of time that King Herod would find Jesus. So an angel warned Joseph to flee to Egypt until Herod was dead. When Joseph saw the angel of the Lord in his dream, he believed and obeyed. And therefore, our King Jesus was delivered from Herod's evil plan, but he was exiled to Egypt. How many of you have experienced the Lord speaking to you in a vision or dream? How many of you? All right, some hands over there. There was once my mother-in-law went on a mission trip. One night as I was sleeping, I was woken up in the middle of the night by the Lord. I dreamt that my mother-in-law and the entire mission team were in danger and the Lord told me to pray for them. I woke my wife up and I shared with her that dream. Well, really, it doesn't take effort for my wife to trust why, what I said. You know why? Because for those who know me, I am a deep sleeper. I don't usually wake up in the morning, let alone in the middle of the night. So she believed every word I said and we started to pray for our intercede for my mother-in-law and the team. And, and then we went back to sleep. About one to two hours later, we received a message. Back then, there's no WhatsApp. Huh? It's SMS, right? We received a message from my mother-in-law. She informed us that the team, they were encountering some danger and had to be on the run. And she requested us to pray. Wow, talking about dream and vision. If God can speak to Joseph in his dream, and in my dream, God can speak to you too. Amen? Tell the one beside you, God can speak to you. For those of you online, type, God can speak to you. Right? God can speak to His people today, but a question for most of us is this. What, what's our response when God speaks? What's our response when God speaks? Like most of us, Joseph could have adopted what the angel said and responded very differently. He may say, I don't believe you. I just received all the blessings from the wise men. And now you ask me to be a fugitive? Why do I need to be on the run? I just settled down in Bethlehem, made many friends, and, uh, and now we have a toddler. I don't want to move. Or he may say that maybe it's just my imagination. It's not really uh, an angel. Maybe it's just my normal dream. Or maybe he will say, God, send a confirmation sign to my wife, Mary. I guess some of us can identify with me some of this response when God spoke to us, particularly the last one. God convinced my wife. God speak to my husband. Honestly, I had my doubt 
when I dreamt of my mother-in-law. It's like, how many of you actually dreamt of your mother-in-law? Not, not many, right? So I hesitated to, to wake my wife up. She's a very light sleeper. What if she calls me crazy, right? But I thank God that I obeyed that day. So from the passage, Jesus believed the angel and obeyed his instructions. We see from the passage, he didn't doubt. He didn't complain. He didn't resist. And he, he, he didn't bargain with God. The Bible says here in verse 14, And he, refer to Joseph, rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Joseph basically picked up, packed up and went off. He law immediately on the night itself. Just like that, he lost his home. He's lost a, a place that is familiar, a stable and familiar environment to raise his family. He may not know fully or understand fully what is God's divine plan, but he trusted the Lord. And because of Joseph's obedience, despite losing his home in Bethlehem, he had protected Jesus. And of course, we saw in the passage earlier, the author Matthew wrote that this fulfilled the prophecy out of Egypt, I called my son. May I encourage all of us that despite our situation may be seemingly disadvantageous to us, it may seem that we are on the losing end, we can always put our trust in the Lord. What we have can be taken away from us for God's purpose to be accomplished. So let us, application number one over here, let us obey God for He has a plan. Obey God for He has a a plan. Let us not focus on calculating our laws or grieving too much over them. Trust that God can accomplish His plans when we obey. If Joseph, if Joseph had considered the good and the stable life he had established in Bethlehem and refused to go to Egypt, he would have missed being a part of God's greater redemption plan for all mankind. So let us read from verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Jesus was saved, but all the sons in Bethlehem below two years old were not spared. Well, it was estimated that Bethlehem at that time had about a thousand people, which probably means that there were about 20 male children being killed. Imagine 20 male infant and toddler being put to death. Just imagine that. One is far too many. What a tragedy. You may ask, why God allowed such cruelty to happen? Why God allowed it? Our church, we have to understand that God was not the one that caused their death. 
Each child is a precious gift from the Lord. These innocent lives in Bethlehem were lost due to the wicked atrocity of one man, King Herod, who was filled with jealousy, rage and evil in his heart. And of course, we know that the author, uh, Matthew, wrote that it was prophesied to happen. It was a fulfillment of another Old Testament prophecy found in Jeremiah 31. Let us read from the passage from Jeremiah 31 verse 15. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for there is a reward for your work, declares the Lord. And they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. And your children shall come back to their own country. While we do not understand why bad things happen, we can know that God is always in control. Amen. Say to enable to your left and the right, God is in control. Over here, he declares there is hope for the future. And we know that all things work together for good. I do not know what loss you may have been going through in the past or are experiencing today. You may be coping with the loss of your loved ones, loss of your health, loss of your wealth, your career, or maybe a great opportunity. But may I encourage you to not to give up faith or hope in God. Even in our loss, I want you to know that God will wipe away all our tears and we can trust that God is in control. Trust that God is in control of all things. Well, as Christians, we do not whitewash our experience of suffering. We don't deny that. We don't whitewash them. We faced it we recognized it that we will experience bad and unfortunate things due to the consequences of sins in the world and mankind's freedom to do good and evil. Jesus himself said in John 16, he said this, In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Life is full of ups and downs. Gift we receive can be lost or taken away. But Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. Two years ago, I visited a Gracian uh, in her final stage of cancer. I have journeyed with her for a good number of years during her cancer treatment. And I witnessed myself the roller coaster ride of receiving hope from knowing that there's new treatment, new medication, only to find out that they are all not effective on her. When she finally came into the realization that it will soon be the end of her journey on earth, she lost all hope. She lost all hope. She questioned a lot about life, about faith, about God. I remember that day we just sat down at the lounge, both of us staring onto the blue sky, and no words 
coming out of our mouth. We just sat there, quiet. There was a deafening silence in the room for a good 15-20 minutes until God gave us a rhema word. The Lord wanted me to encourage her that whatever she was going through physically, while no man could understand, but God could. Jesus himself came down to earth in the likeness of man, lived among us and suffered the most worst form of torture and death on the cross. And I told her, because of that, Jesus can empathize with her sufferings. And more than that, Jesus had triumphed and conquered death. I thank God for the Rema word that evening. I saw her relief and I saw a gentle smile on her face. The Lord has indeed wiped away her tears, rekindled her faith and took away her fears. A couple of weeks later, she passed on peacefully with full assurance of her faith and salvation in Christ. A family member told me that the words that spoken that day helped her to trust and refocus on Jesus again. Church, when times are bad and life gets tough, we need to focus on God who can be trusted and in control of all things. Amen. Talking about being in control, perhaps more of us, most of us can agree that the most uncontrollable and unpredictable things in our modern society is the economy. Randy Alcorn, in his book, The Treasure Principle, wrote about the spiritual economy. We all know that financial advisors will try to time the market for a downward trend and switch funds to a more dependent investment. As Christians, we already have the ultimate insider trading tips the world's currency will become worthless when Christ returns or when you die, whichever comforts. And we know that the fact is, either one could happen at any time. Jesus could come back any time or we may just, you know, be the end of our life soon as well. So Jesus instructs us to transfer our funds from this fallen world and invest in heaven. Matthew 6, he says here, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So church, the question for us today is, where is our heart? Where is our heart? Whatever we have received today are all temporal. They can be lost, they can be taken away, and they can become worthless. So I encourage all of us to focus and invest on things of eternal value. And may I submit to all of us to give total focus on Christ and not just His blessing. Give total focus on Christ and not just His blessing. Let us seek the giver and not the gifts on earth. 
You see that gifts can be received and be taken away, but our relationship with the giver will last forever. Yes, the loss we experience may sometimes be too much for us to bear. A sudden death in a family, a prolonged health challenge, maybe you're experiencing a bankruptcy, a business failure, maybe a retrenched in your career. You feel great pain and suffering and you ask God, God, where are you? Why you does not care? As Christians, you may ask the question, how do we deal with loss and suffering? How we deal with grief? There is a familiar character in the Bible we are all very familiar with who have gone through great suffering. His name is Job. Job had everything taken from him at once. His wealth, his children, his health. He experienced grief beyond what most of us can understand. Yet when you read the book of Job, you will see that he openly grieved. In fact, he poured out his agony to God when all his property was destroyed and his children did. We read in Job chapter 1. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, the Bible says, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoings. What we can learn from Job here is that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry, to acknowledge and accept the anguish we feel. What Job never did was to blame God. In his deepest sorrow, he still recognized the sovereignty of God. In his grief, Job chose to focus on God instead of the gift, the wealth that he had received from the Lord. Likewise, when we experience loss, will we be able to focus on God, the giver of all gifts? Are we able to say, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away? May the name of the Lord be praised. Interestingly, the book of Job also mentioned how his three friends supported him in time of grief. They sympathized and went to comfort him. In Job 2, he says here, When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their ropes and sprinkled dust on their heads. When they, then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. What is my 20 minutes, right? No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. No one said a word. Many a times, we are at a loss for words when we see people around us going through a loss. But sometimes, our presence speaks louder than any words that we can say. Just be there. All you need is just be there. Church, if anyone today is going through a loss or nursing a pain, I want you to know that God does not enjoy watching you going through suffering. 
Don't think that God doesn't care and He's sitting down at His throne watching us, enjoying watching us going through our suffering. No, it's not. In Genesis 3, we see that pain and suffering were the consequences of sin. Because of that, you and I, you and I now experience different degree of suffering during our lifetime. Bodily pains, sickness, wealth, loss of wealth, and even death. You may ask, if God is sovereign and all-loving, then why does He allow suffering? Why? May I suggest to you some perspectives. Firstly, perhaps God uses suffering to draw you closer to Him. God uses suffering to draw you closer to Him. As we encounter suffering, think about it, how it pushes us to push us closer to God, to be more dependent on Him. In your desperation or realization, you find yourself praying more, relying on Him more, seeking Him more, and spending more intimate time with Him. I sure did as I prepared this sermon. I was crying to God. If, when, you are, when you are suffering, you find that you are drawing closer to God each day. I don't know how many of you can identify with me on that. And secondly, God uses suffering to grow the body of Christ. God uses suffering to grow the body of Christ. Today, the church in many parts of the world has gone through trials and tribulation and suffering. We know that in missions, right? It, but it is through this persecution of faith that the kingdom of God has expanded even faster and wider. It is true. And we, are, we, we saw that in, uh, in Acts chapter 8 as well. It was the persecution against the Jerusalem church that scattered all the believers and brought the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's how we are all here today, isn't it? And why God allows suffering? Thirdly, may I propose to you that God uses suffering to keep our eyes on eternity to keep our eyes on eternity. Consider this, if our life is full of uh, 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 success, it's perfect, it's all well and good, then why would we want to look forward for the eternal hope and glory, the new heaven and earth that we just sang earlier on during our worship? Why do we want to look forward for the eternal hope? We are, all, we are so well and good on this earth right now. Suffering reminds us that we are only transiting here on earth. It is not our final destination, amen? And last but not least, may I suggest to you that God uses suffering to help us become more like Christ. God uses suffering to help us become more like Christ. Your agony is spiritual formation. Your agony is spiritual formation. Suffering forms character. We read that, we read that in uh, James chapter 1. We were told to rejoice when we meet trials of various kinds. And we know suffering produces endurance and faith. And suffering also shows our weaknesses. That when others saw our faith and how God had helped us, His name is glorified. And church, here's the thing. 
in the midst of our suffering, God understands and can identify with our loss and pain because God Himself experienced the biggest loss of all time so that He might give us the greatest gifts of all time. God Himself experienced the biggest loss of all time so that He might give us the greatest gift of all time. Jesus suffered on the cross for all of us. 1 Peter 3.18, it says here, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God. God gave His own Son for the redemption and reconciliation of all mankind. So church, as we celebrate Christmas in two weeks' time, let us remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. Let us give total focus on Christ and not just the earthly blessings. As I come to the close, allow me to share a real-life story. About 10 years ago, in January 2013, there was a fatal accident in Tampines involving a cement truck that killed two brothers on the spot. They were only 13 and 7 at that time. I'm not sure how many of you remember that incident. Some of you may even know the parents. When the parents received the news of the traffic accident, they were shocked and devastated. They couldn't believe the news that they had lost both their sons so suddenly, just like that. Personally, as a father of three children myself, I can only imagine their pain. In fact, I cried when I, when I saw the news. They kept asking God, why would you let something like that happen? They questioned, they wrestled with God, Keep asking God, why, why, why? Peace did not come quickly, but it did come. During one of the interviews with Sword and Light, the mother said this, I quote, During the funeral, I kept asking God questions. I said, in your word, doesn't it say that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord? We have served you together happily. At a time, I felt like I was the most blessed person in the world. So why would something like that happen? Why would something like that happen? Then during the funeral, the pastor at the funeral shared a song about Jesus' pierced hands. And it kept playing in her ears. She said it felt as though angels were singing that song and she cried even harder. She said, God, you are God, but I am not. I am but an ordinary person. Your pierced hands were very painful, but I am hurting even more. And it was at this time 
that God whispered into her ears. God said to her, I died on the cross and sacrificed my life for you. It was painful, but I bore it to save you. God said, I died on the cross and sacrificed my life for you. It was painful, but I bore it to save you. She cried until there's no more tears and he began to rely on God for strength and healing process. She stopped questioning God and Him further. Initially, they blamed the driver for his negligence. But soon, this couple chose to forgive the cement truck driver. In an interview, the couple said, everyone deserves a second chance. Wow! What an amazing grace to forgive the one that killed both your children. Later on, the mother studied at Dongling Bible School and also further studied at X College, which is our AG Bible College. And she is now serving as a part-time pastor and she resolved to be a blessing and to share the love of God with others. In the midst of their agony and pain, they have allowed God to turn their ashes into beauty. They have allowed God to turn their ashes into beauty. In conclusion, God Himself experienced the biggest loss of all time so that He might give us the greatest gift of all time. Church, our gifts can be received and lost. While every gift from God is to be appreciated and treasured, we are but just stewards. We are not the owner. We are just stewards of all God's gifts. Let us hold on to our gifts lightly, but hold on to the Lord tightly. Let us hold on to our gifts lightly, but hold on to the Lord tightly. Let us not, let's hold on only to the giver and not the gifts. I want to encourage us to give total focus on Christ and not just His earthly blessings. Is there someone this Christmas that needs to know the giver of life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour? There is only gift that will last forever till eternity. The best gift you could ever present to your loved ones. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation. May I encourage you to reach out to your loved ones, your family, your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues during this Christmas season. Share with them the gift from heaven, Jesus Christ. And share with them why Jesus is the reason for this season. Because Jesus is the best gift you can give to them. A gift that rusts 
cannot be and that will not rust and will not be taken away that will last for eternity let us pray hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Lord hallelujah as the worship team minister to us with every eye closed and every head bowed this morning I would like to pray for two groups of people maybe among us this morning some of us we are going through some pain and suffering you may be coping with the loss of your loved ones maybe you are coping with the loss of your health maybe your wealth as well your career or missed opportunity and you'll be asking God God why must this why must this happen why must a sudden death happen why must I experience a prolonged health challenge this morning church I want you to know that God loves you while no one can understand Jesus understands and He wants to wipe away every tears let's trust that God is in control this morning if you want to draw closer to God and allow God to intervene with your situation may I invite you to lift your hands in response so that I can pray with you Hallelujah. Yes, I see some hands. If there's anyone, yes, thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. I see your hand at the back. Yes, at the top of the gallery, I saw your hand. If there's any one of you, you have experienced some loss in your life, I want you to know that nothing is too small, nothing is too great that God will not care. Hallelujah. You don't have to face it alone. We are in a community of faith and we can support one another. Hallelujah. And for the second group this morning, it's Christmas again. And you know that Jesus is the reason for the season. And you know that Jesus is the only gift that will last forever. And you want your loved ones to receive this best gift you can ever present to them. It may be your parents it may be your children it may be your spouse your good friend your neighbour you've been praying for them you've been sharing the gospel for them but they have chose to ignore but this Christmas you want to invite the Lord to intercede to intervene so may you just commit the names to the Lord in prayer if there's any loved ones in, among you that you want them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ can I just invite you to lift up your hands and commit the names to the Lord. Hallelujah. Many hands, many hands here. Many hands here. Hallelujah. Lord, you see those hands. You see the names that has been lifted up to you, O Lord, Father. Lord, listen to your cries, O Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May I invite all of us to stand and as the worship team lead us into this song, for those who have lifted up your hands, may I just encourage you to take another step of faith to come to the altar at the front as an expression of your surrender, as an expression of your commitment to the Lord. Our pastors and the leaders will be here to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son 
What a present for us Love descended on us A precious gift for all In us you chose to dwell Our God, our Emmanuel You are present with us God incarnate for us you're the greatest gift of all Glory to God in the highest Glory to God Peace on earth, heaven and earth Shall rejoice our Saviour Jesus Christ is born. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God, Christ the King, heaven and earth. Let praises ring our Savior, Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. I sense the presence of God is here at the altar. If you, you want the Lord to touch you, to intervene in your circumstances, take a step of faith to come to meet the Lord at the altar and prop your cries, your anguish to the Lord. He listens and He cares. And the Word of God says He's Emmanuel, God with us. So I encourage you to not to miss this opportunity to let the Lord minister to you. And for those of us who have loved ones unsafe, you want to see something change in a spiritual atmosphere in your family, commit the names to the Lord. Commit their names to the God, our Father. Hallelujah. Salvation belongs to God. So may you just come, reach out to God and crowd to Him right now. Hallelujah. In us, Hallelujah. you chose to dwell. Our God, our Emmanuel You are present with us God incarnate for us You're the greatest gift of all Glory to God In the highest Hallelujah. Glory to God Thank you Lord Peace on earth Father bless your people Come on, the rest of us shall we worship the Lord in the highest Hallelujah. Glory to God. We worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. Heaven and 